0: Welcome to the Hadassah Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Claire Maranen. The Hadassah Collective is a unique wellness-centered community created in and inspired by India, the birthplace of holistic health disciplines. The Hadassah Collective Podcast brings together a carefully curated selection of my most trusted and inspiring innovators from every area of the health and wellness space. I invite my guests to freely share their gifts, their wisdom, their journeys, and their diverse points of view discussing a vast range of topics, including shutdown and self-isolation strategies, integrated diet and fitness, yogic science, modern mental health, and holistic lifestyle, all to inspire you with relatable tools to help you consciously customize, support, and expand your life. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Carrie ann Appleton. She is an empowerment coach, a Reiki master, and also a yoga guide. I think that Carrie anns real gifting is Um, To be able to identify and assist people in leaning into challenging or uncomfortable emotions and really being able to embody them and glean the gold and the messaging from these emotions that sometimes we try to run away from or suppress and um, so her process which we will discuss in this episode is really about taking these situations that happen in our lives that maybe are not uncomfortable and being able to use them for our evolution. Hi Carrie-Anne, welcome to the Hadassah Collective. I'm so excited to have you here and have this conversation. I'm excited to be here. Amazing. So um, let's get started. Let's tell tell us a little bit about yourself
1: and um, what you do and where you are in the world. So um, I'm an empowerment coach, specifically working with women only because um, that's my personal journey. I became this empowerment coach because of the fact of my own journey, but I really want to support women with coming into alignment with their most authentic self mm. and when we're in alignment with our most authentic self we're in our truth and leading from that place and we're leading a more purpose-driven life so that's uh, mostly what i do but i also do a little bit of energy healing because i'm a reiki master and i'm located in brazil since you asked that question but i am american
0: Yep. okay amazing amazing such yep. a beautiful um intro So how did you find yourself on this path? Like, can we talk a little bit about your early life, your childhood, what that looked like, where you grew up, and has that shaped
1: your path at all? Oh, for sure, for sure. So really I think the the tipping point of this whole journey came in 2006. Um, I had a panic attack, and uh, my boss literally found me under the water fountain at work having a panic attack. And I had no idea what was happening with me. Like, what is this thing called a panic attack? And why was I having it? Because I think at the time in my life, I was in a job I absolutely loved, you know, making a huge impact on the world. Uh, a year prior, I just bought my first condo I had. was surrounded by amazing friends doing great things, living in Denver, Colorado. So I didn't know, why was I having a panic attack? Mm. Um, and so I started to do uh, a deep dive down the rabbit hole yeah. to go, what's happening on in, in my mind? Like, why would I be having this? So I started studying Dr. Joe Dispenza's work and neuroscience, meditation, Bruce Lipton's work in epigenetics, <laughs> to really have a deeper dive of myself and not realizing there were so many layers and facets of myself that, I mean, in essence, I put on myself unconsciously as a child. Yeah. Mostly in my childhood, you know. And what's interesting with this work is there's a lot of this work threaded in my childhood as well. And what I mean by that is my mom started doing personal development work maybe when I was around five or six years old. Mm-hmm. Um, started getting into things like Wayne Dyer and this this program called The Yes Course and would say things to me, like, for example... Um, I would be coming in for for dinner and I'd trip over my bike on the way in and cut my leg and my mom would go whoa well, why did you want that to happen <laughs> of course as a child I'd be like what do you mean why did I want that to happen I didn't want that to happen but she was actually saying like you manifest everything in your life there was a reason why you wanted it to happen and I remember that specific incident because I did think about it and I said, and I I really wanted to go outside to play with my friends, but what I was asking for was I don't want to do the dishes tonight. I don't want to do the dishes tonight because I would have had to do the dishes, which would have kept me inside longer.
0: Yeah.
1: And because I fell on my bike uh, over my biking, hurt my leg. I didn't have to do the dishes, but I couldn't go out and play either because I hurt my leg. <laughs> my mom. So when my my told my mom this story later, she was like, "I told you, be careful what you wish for." <laughs> You should have wished for playing outside with your friends, but you wished for not doing the dishes, and you got your wish. You didn't have to do the dishes. <laughs> so that, th- these little nuggets of wisdom were kind of threaded in my childhood as my mom was kind of doing this work as well. Um, but I, don't, I didn't realize it until I started to do the work on myself um, starting around 2006. And that's kind of like led me through this journey of uh, discovering myself, unpacking a lot of uh, things, taking me on this wild ride to Brazil. I've been here now five years, um, and I, I, Brazil was never on my list mm. I was, like to come, to visit. Um, I, I don't know why, it doesn't matter why, but it was never on my list. There was an opportunity that presented itself to come down here for one month to work on a project, and I was really interested in working on the project, not necessarily Brazil, and then I got here, and I was like, whoa, what is this country? like you know and it really cracked started cracking me open yeah. and I just I just knew I had to be here I didn't know for how long I didn't know why um but I just I followed that ping yeah you know that message that I needed to be here and so I'm still here I mean my first visit to Brazil was in 2013 but I moved here a little over five years ago and I'm, it's weird because I'm a winter person, I love snow, I love the mountains, and I live in Rio de Janeiro now.
0: <laughs> it's amazing how um, how the journey takes us to outside of ourselves, but I mean, I had a very similar experience with India. I was just like, I don't know why, but I need to go there and I, I need to be there, so um, it's really interesting. And things. I think that magic unfolds in those spaces when we really sort of jump into that, so... Um, yeah yeah and I also think do you
1: from, sorry I was gonna say do you did you find when you like when, when it called you when you started talking to it about family with family and friends they were like what are you talking about are you crazy
0: mm, yeah yes I mean and especially when I stayed there as well they were like okay because I think my family I had an opportunity to go for work for like three months and I think everybody was like wow what a cool experience India for three months And then after a year, they were like, "Um, so what, are you still there? Like, what are you doing, you know? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) same here, same here. But then when my family came to visit, they also really, my parents are real travelers, and so when they came to India, they got it, because I sometimes, and I'm sure you you feel the same way about um, Brazil, is that I, I love Bombay, I just can't explain to you, tangible reasons why I love it, um, you know, it's a, it's definitely an energy sort of thing, and, um, exactly. and the people there as well, so, yep. yeah,
1: yeah, I felt the same thing within 45 minutes of being in Rio for the first time, I literally was sitting at this farmer's market, and my friend had traveled with me, and I looked at him, and I said, I have to live here, and he was like, why, it's chaotic, and I go, and he's like, and you're so organized and structured, and I said, I know that there's something about the energy here. Like I have to live here. Yeah. There's, there's like beauty in this chaos and it's calling me. Yeah.
0: And I'm sure there are so many life lessons in that space as well. Um, you know, the contrasting, <laughs> living in the chaos. And um, yeah. something interesting as well that I picked up on as you were talking, because a lot of my next question is really like, what are the dark nights of the soul that you've, you've navigated and usually when I ask someone that that's actually the the beginning point it's it's a really dark night of the soul they have a big breakdown or a big life shift and that is what sort of opens them to this work whereas I find it really interesting that you sort of um you know, you came into this work at a time and you had something happen to you at a time that everything in your life was going really well for you. You had a job that you loved, you were making good money, you were making an impact on the world, and, um, but something else was going on inside of you. So, can you speak to that a little bit about that moment? Did you uncover the panic attacks? What, what happened um, in that space? What did you discover from that?
1: I think, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, I don't think at the time I discovered um, the real reason for the panic attacks, and as you said, I think it was a, 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 what does Joseph Campbell say, a call or initiation, whatever.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I don't remember the exact phrase, but basically something was calling me for it. I wasn't ready to see it. But I learned tools um, around meditation and being more mindful, which I definitely needed that because I was so disconnected from myself. Um, so that was because that was 2006, 2007, and actually two, in, during 2006, I was in a relationship that was very intense, was very amazing, I thought it was very amazing, I thought he was the one, ended up not being the one. So all this was happening like it was just like boom, boom, boom. And then I started 2007 uh, finding out I, I ended the relationship um, and th- started 2007, found out I was pregnant. Oh, wow. Um, which was so strange because I was using birth control and I got pregnant, so <laughs> that was like a shock to my system, and then I had a miscarriage. Oh, wow. And then I decided to shut all emotion off because mm. I thought, I can't handle this. It's too intense. I think my even my body and my nervous system were like, this is too much, and I shut down my emotion for seven years. Though I kept doing the studying and the working, like meditation, I got into yoga, Um but I just really threw myself into my life and what I mean by, like, work and my friends and having fun. and But I didn't really, I don't, I feel like I we had a mask on. Like, yeah. I'm so fun and happy, mm-hmm. you know. And some people could poke through the mask and be like, okay, that situation just happened. I think you should feel more sad and upset by it. And yeah. I'd be like, no, I'm totally cool. I'm mm-hmm. totally fine by it. Got to think positive, you know. And so for <laughs> seven years, I really I really shut it down to the point where even my grandmother passed away, and I, like, didn't really shed any emotion. Wow. You know? Um, and it felt like, it felt okay in that time. And what was interesting, and so I came to Brazil... One time in 2013, and then the organization that brought me here um, asked me to come back towards the end of that year, and that's actually when I was like, okay, I'm going to go one more time to Brazil, and this time I'm going to go to Rio. I was way up in the north and um, where the Amazon meets the Atlantic, and literally the town I was in is split by the equator. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I literally stood on both sides of the equator at the same time. So there's something energetic about that. Yeah. But there was one day I woke up, in a hotel room, in the hotel, and I just was grieving, and I had no idea why, and that's what I talk about, like, Brazil really cracked me open, yeah. and so I was like, what is happening to me? It was like, my body finally said, this is enough of holding all this stuff in, you gotta, you gotta start to feel again. And so, and then I came to Rio and knew that I needed to be here. And then I went back and started working with a therapist. And I was like, I don't know what's happening to me. Mm. You know, I'm starting, basically, I'm starting to feel again. And I think for me, that was a real like, all right, you have suppressed so much. Mm. You know, um, you have played all these, these roles that you don't need to play and don't serve you. And you have a higher purpose than what you're doing. You're not, you're holding yourself back based on the conditioning that you had in childhood and so that's really been the journey of like unpacking and coming back into alignment with myself and what I'm truly meant to be doing you know and it's world. I always knew I was meant to make an impact always I've always had since I was a little kid I always said I'm going to change the world yeah um and so I've always known that's been like my my bigger purpose but I and I'm tried to figure out ways to do that because originally I was like gonna be a lawyer and then then I decided now I'm not gonna go to law school I'm gonna work in nonprofits so, and yeah. so this is kind of the path that I'm now on.
0: Yeah, yeah it's so interesting. And what were some of the tools as this is happening? Because I, I think a lot of people actually experience this because I think in society we're kind of conditioned to this idea that if I make everything perfect on the outside then everything's going to be perfect and it's this way of like avoiding fear and avoiding pain and um uh, avoiding things that don't feel good whereas I personally believe that we're here to feel everything on the human spectrum and that includes the the hard emotions that includes the the difficult times and I think that Um, it's all part of the journey, and when we deny that, we're we're denying a part of ourselves, and I think it's sort of a spectrum in that the amount that you allow yourself to feel that pain is also the amount of that you're able to feel joy as well. So it's a it's both sides of that. So how did you begin to navigate that when you were cracking open and the mask was beginning to break and how did you were there any particular practices that you found really useful to be able to go with those emotions? I know that you have them now as a coach. This is really your specialty now actually. yeah.
1: Mm. Yeah, so um I started to what I call become like emotionally I started to use emotional intelligence and emotional well-being. Yeah. What does that mean? So being well with your emotions, being connected with your emotions. And at first started working with my therapist. She kind of started teaching me these techniques, and of course then I got in- interested in it. But the first thing I had to start, and, and I started to connect yoga, because I wasn't a big yoga person at first. Meditation yoga connected to it, because realizing that emotions are the language of the body and the body is speaking to mm. me and telling me things, not just like, ew, I have um you know, I have a pain in my shoulder, I need to go see a doctor, but that this pain is, is telling me something. Yeah. Um, and it could be that I need to let go of something, it could be that I need to put a boundary up. It could be that I you know, I need to be in the present moment because I'm not I'm in the past or I'm in the future. You know? So the first thing I had to learn was how to be in my body and when I say that like to to feel and start to connect with just the sensations that the body makes without any judgment without analyzing it which was really hard for me because I was an over analyzer um and so just to start feeling and being the observer mm. and start to have a connection it's so it's like learning a language Um, And since I've learned another language, um, you know, at first you just see these words, you don't quite understand them, right? Until you start to tune more into them and practice them and hear them, and then they just flow naturally. It's the same thing as, like, we're so disconnected, we live from the head up most of the time because we're in our heads, that we don't realize that our body is speaking to us as well. Like, we'll notice when it's hungry, that one we're really tuned into we feel the sensations but we don't really notice when we're in fear we don't notice when we're in anger and we don't notice when we're in sadness or joy or any of the other emotions um, until they get so intense and then they're like they're freaking scary because we're like eek push them down push them down so I had to learn and yoga helped me with this and also meditation and why I said because in yoga just just being in a in a posture and going okay let me feel every part of my body and see how it feels like how do my hands feel in upward dog how do my hands feel in downward dog how do my my chest feel how does my you know and when I for example when I move and expand myself what happens in my body right just opening up the chest like what shifts versus when I contract and with and not putting judgment on it making it good or bad just being an observer so I had to learn to just be in my body right and then give myself permission to feel my feelings without any judgment. To feel a love. Let them say, okay, I'm feeling angry. Wow, I feel fear. Yeah. You know? And not go, <gasps> shut it down or, you know, hold it in. Just let me feel it. And feel it in healthy ways um, to, to get it out of the body. Yeah to release it wants to move emotion is energy in motion right that's a Latin root for emotion energy emotion and so it wants to move and then it was getting curious about what is it here to tell me so I look at emotions when they're when they're signaling you they're like um, a, a signal on your your dashboard of a car they're telling you something they're telling you hey you need to pay attention so for example when I'm feeling anger you know, once I once I recognize the emotion, so how I do it is I name it, I locate it in the body, I describe how it feels in that part of the body, I, like, allow it. I say, okay, I'm feeling angry. Like, I accept it. Yeah. Um, and then I breathe into it and say, what do you want to do? Mm. Do you want to clench your fists? Do you want to, you know, stomp your feet? Do you want to scream? What is it you want to do? Um, and maybe it doesn't, it doesn't want to do anything just by recognizing it that's all it needs to do but then I go okay once I've kind of this is called coming into regulation once I've regulated myself because I've moved through the the emotion then I get curious and go okay why was it showing up Yeah. so why did your you know check engine light show up Yeah. you gotta look under the hood so why did anger show up okay anger usually tells me that something's not working I've had an expectation and I'm having an expectation hangover now um, or I place an expectation on something, someone. Uh, someone broke an agreement. A boundary's been broke. Whether I didn't hold my own boundary up, or somebody else broke my boundary, and so it allows me to explore and then make a change. And then, so what? Uh, so often happens too is like uh, emotions are also an imprint from a past experience. So when you start doing inner child work, you can start looking at okay, where did I first learn this? Yeah and can I, was there a need that wasn't met that I, that I can now get met and I can meet myself mm. um, and what belief or story was formed that I'm continuing to live out especially if it's something that continues to happen right? If there's a narrative that I accepted and that's the story or I, or I created even and that's the story that I keep playing out in my life Yeah. but for me it all started with first being in my body and feeling that was my journey. Yeah,
0: and it sounds so simple, or it sounds like something we really take for granted, but I, um, I really think that a lot of people, as you say, are living from the head up. We're living so in our head and so in our mind. And now, especially with um, the way that we're, we're living in terms of the digital realm, is we're almost living more in, as this digital avatar than we are in our own body. And um, I think yoga is really, I think that's probably why yoga has really taken off in the West, because I had a similar experience with yoga, because I I was completely disconnected from my body. And a lot of people would have thought, this is really strange, because you're a runner, you're a ballet dancer, you know, I, w- I was very physically active, it wasn't that I was just sitting on the couch. But a lot of these things are practices that are denial of your body and overcoming and pushing through and, you know, going beyond your body, whereas yoga was really the first time that I really could experience being in my body, and I think that that's such a powerful practice with uh, asana yoga and such a powerful element of it, and I think that's why it's sort of taken over in the West, because we're not encouraged to do that, really, so... Oh.
1: Yeah. What's so interesting I find is that so many people go to yoga for the workout, the flexibility, which is great and it's positive and it's having a positive effect on them. But if they could just take it one step fur- further and just start being the observer in their body as they do yeah. the the asanas, and I say that in the sense of no need to be the judge, like oh I didn't do that right, I'm not good. No, get that's in your head. Just be in your body and see how you feel. And it's so interesting, like. I remember as I, as and I still have this effect, but when I get into pigeon pose, like, oh, sometimes, like, tears come up, anger comes up, yeah. and, you know, especially when we become present to it, and we and we give our bodies permission to feel it. Yeah. Because for so long in the head, and most of us were taught as children, it's like, you know, come on, suck it in, basically, or suck it up, but they might say if you're angry or sad, just suck it up. No, actually, don't. Get it out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, let it you know? let it run its course and, and release it yeah. so you're not holding on yeah. to it. And
1: so so many of us, as we come to what I call a midlife quest, mm-hmm. um, it could be a quarter life quest, whatever a part of your life you're on. But the quest that you're on, um, you know, we're 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 feeling intense emotion because we've stored so much for so long. Yeah. Just like that day that I woke up and I just started grieving.
0: Yeah,
1: and I had no idea it was just flooding out of me. Yeah. you know there was a there was a trigger that hit it but it was also like you're ready because you're also in a safe space you're surrounded by a great team of people that are going to support you through this it's like my body knew it, it was like we got to release this valve yeah but I also you know get curious about those people that get so angry and they're enraged and they do something because they don't know how they just like they've been holding on to that anger for so long yeah and it comes like Exploding like a geyser right out of them, and then they do something that they regret, because they don't have the tools or the skills to like get their anger out. Yeah, so it's not taught to us
0: in school. These things that are such important life lessons to to navigate life effectively, but they're not they're not on the curriculum, and um, yeah. which I think is sad. But I think that so in that space when you felt that grieving where and you didn't know where it was coming from if somebody else is listening and is sort of having a similar experience they're just feeling some of these emotions and they don't really know where it's coming from do you think the best step is to first to to, to lean into it and feel it or did you go into a space of trying to analyze what am I grieving what why am I feeling this or do you think that that is like a later step yeah
1: a great question I think at the time there were two things I I mean I did of course because I had the the habit of overanalyzing I was like what is happening I don't know what's happening which I think might have made it worse because I was adding to it versus so I was like recycling the emotion Mm. versus just releasing it but I didn't have the tools at the time I didn't realize um so it's also just surrendering to it you know and just being like this is this is clearing out, it's like a river just going, you know, washing through me, yeah. um, especially when it comes to grief, uh, just allowing it, and not analyzing it in the moment, because when we're in a, in an intense emotion, um, and we start trying to analyze it, we often are not in a place where we can find clarity around it, and that's when we start to just continue to feel it, right? Yeah because we're trying to find the reason why versus, like, no, just feel it. Yeah. And I don't know for sure, but I have a feeling that if I had just felt it, I would have shortened the time. Yeah. Yeah. That I would have been feeling it. It's like when you get angry from from some, something that someone did, how when we're, like, we just start cre- recreating the story over and over in our head, we just we carry that anger for so long. Versus if we just get angry, like, feel the anger... And so, for me, my body likes to stomp my feet, mm-hmm. and I like to growl. Like, I've, I've come to really own it. I come to be comfortable with it. I stomp my feet, and I growl. Um, do you do this in public? Sometimes, yeah. yeah. I'm comfortable with it now. <laughs> wow. yeah, I had a situation a couple months ago um, in a store because they, they due to COVID, I couldn't... Um, I'll tell you the story just to give So, due to COVID, I couldn't try the clothes on, mm. and they... I th- and granted this was a, a, a bit of a language error and a culture thing I didn't realize because I never had to return clothes here. But I went six days later because I was like it didn't fit to return it. But they wouldn't return it. They would only exchange it. But they were out of shorts. I was buying shorts because of inventory. And I thought well I don't want to buy anything else in the store you know and i was so angry because that they they don't they don't return things in this culture they just do exchanges and i didn't realize that i was so angry i mean i walked away i said thank you for your time i walked away and then i stopped my feet and i growled right there in the store i it wasn't towards anyone else it was just for myself to release it and i was like and then i breathed i was like and I just breathe and I could, and it usually moves through in 90 seconds and three minutes when I fully give myself permission and I get out of my head. And yeah. That's the, the challenging thing is to get out of my head. And then I'm like, okay, now I can find clarity. Okay, what am I going to do about this situation? Yeah. And, and what, you know, be? lesson to learn for me. Yeah. And I
0: think yeah. there's that trust there as well. Like when you do start to, have these feelings, if you don't know straight away, like if it's not a straightaway situation that has triggered you that's happening right now, and this emotion is cu- is coming up from somewhere else, I think being able to have that surrender and going, I'm going to feel it anyway, and if the clarity needs to come to me, if I need to address something, then it will come, rather than straight away going up to our intellect and going, where is this coming from, What? how can I stop it, I think is the mm-hmm.
1: place. Mm -hmm. yep you can also i i recommend you know for people that are tuning in and are like okay i really want to want to get into this when you're feeling an intense emotion and you feel like this is i don't feel safe expressing it here because i'm in at work or i'm with my partner or with my family and i don't know if they'll support me and they won't understand it there's two things you can do if you have the opportunity to walk away go into a bathroom go into a room and just feel yeah then feel if not Create a date with yourself. Go, okay, I know that, you know, at 6 o'clock tonight, I'll be by myself, I can, you know... And you can call, just... You close your eyes and call the experience back up yeah. for your body to feel and, and get it out. It, you'll serve yourself so much better if you can get it out the sooner that you can. I mean, it's okay if it's a day or two later, but when you hold it in for years and then... Like, this is the thing that people get tripped up on is late if they, they set a date with themselves and do it later... Um, They'll often go, well, I feel fine now. Mm. Yeah, because you've you've just stuffed it. It's stuffed somewhere in your body. So that's why I say, no, commit to doing it, and then put yourself in a meditation if you need to, like just closing your eyes and recalling the situation that caused it back to the surface, and then get, get it out. I will tell you, the more that you become comfortable with it and you stop shaming yourself for having feelings... So, for example, I can be angry in public now if I need to without projecting or vomiting on someone else. Mm. And I can also be sad. I can let tears flow. Um, And so I stopped shaming myself for those two. Yeah. Stop judging myself and just... And now, um, you know, my friends and my community are are very comfortable with it because I've also helped them and because they'll say oh please don't cry and I'll say you know what just let me just let me have the tears give me give me a couple minutes and all, all you need to do is just be here and I'm sorry if this is uncomfortable for you if you have to walk away because it's so uncomfortable then walk away and that's okay too but most of them will go okay I'll just stay yeah and then just let me work through the energy of it and then I'm on the other side
0: Well, I think what's so beautiful about that is that you're also creating that safe space for them to know that they can also express their emotions too, you know, freely. And so, because we, I mean, we are in a space a lot of the time, you know, that it's not appropriate to stump and growl in public or it's not considered (laughs) appropriate, you know. And it's uncomfortable and so we do suppress those things. and, And definitely like sadness and anger are definitely things that we're sort of told from a very early age that you don't express in public. And um, yeah, so I think that's really powerful, actually. And so tell me about um, some of your major influences or mentors in your life. And they can be in your personal life or known figures in the wellness world or celebrities and how they've shaped your life and how they've inspired you.
1: Sure. I think the biggest one would be Dr. Joe Dispenza. Yeah. So I came across his work in, like, 2006, 2007, Um, and I was really fortunate enough because at that time he was doing um, smaller workshops, but he was in Colorado so much. So I got to go to four of his workshops over a course of several years. Um, And so and I could really see by doing the, his work, that it was, it was having an effect on, on me. So, for example, um, even though I wasn't necessarily feeling all my emotions at the time and suppressing a lot of stuff, I wanted to, I wanted to skydive. Yeah. I know I, I was a fearful child growing up, and I was afraid of, like, everything, anything crazy, and skydiving, like, created panic, in essence. And me, and so I used his meditation for 90 days, just meditating on skydiving, and then when I went skydiving, what was so interesting is that there was a little bit of a like, oh my goodness, as we were about to jump on the plane, but then my mind goes, yeah, but we've done this so many times that we know we're so familiar with it now, so I didn't What the downside of it, and and there is a downside, (laughs) it's not quite a downside, but, um, I didn't have the adrenaline rush that, like, my two friends that went with me yes. had. So they were, like, high as a kite, and I was like, okay, that was good. Yes. <laughs> like, it was awesome, but it, was, it wasn't the same because didn't I had practiced it in my mind so many times prior to that I became so familiar. And here's the thing. I had never skydived to know what it was going to feel like, but I imagined what it was going to feel yeah. like. I created a whole narrative and story and experience in my mind. Um, so that was really interesting. So Dr. Joe Dispenza, who, who led me into Bruce Lipton's work yeah. you know, around biology of beliefs and epigenetics. And I'm, I was fascinated. And there was something intuitively, even though I would be discussing these concepts with friends, and they would be like, what? But intuitively I just knew this, this is right on. Yeah. And I'm going you know, to have unwavering faith. Yeah. And it's never led me astray. So I think those two for sure. My other biggest one is the therapist I work with, Julia Munson. She is just extraordinary, and she has just opened up my eyes to so many things around um, around this work in terms of emotional well-being mm-hmm. and also around just conscious living and conscious loving. Yeah. Um, and so I would say those three for sure are just like... I have a lot of gratitude for a lot of gratitude just in terms of being... I'm trying to think of what Joseph Campbell called it. You know, it's like the the, the teacher that will come yeah. when you're ready.
0: Yeah. When you're ready, the teacher will come. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And it feels like those people have just been brought into your life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there, even my yoga teacher, Katrina, I mean, I'm always blown away by her. And yet she's just got, you know, this, I mean, beautiful a small yoga studio in Denver, and she's so loving, like, she's been such a teacher to me in so many ways, yeah, again, when you're ready and you're open to experience, the universe just begins to show you, you know, what you need, or provide you the tools, or brings you the person into your life, yeah. so I feel so fortunate for that, yeah, absolutely,
0: and um, speaking of the tools and things like that, do you have any resources that you recommend that you think would be really useful for our listeners that are wanting to sort of dive into um, into digging into their emotions and feeling their emotions fully, and also these um, sciences of epigenetics and neuroplasticity?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for sure... Books written by Joe Dispenza or Bruce Lipton, I'm definitely gonna recommend.
0: Do you have a favorite I I of Joe any... Dispenza's? He's got quite a lot. I loved um I loved becoming supernatural. Um, I've read all of his books as well. But um, do you have a favorite?
1: I don't really have a favorite. I feel like a lot of them repeat yeah. in in the message. Um, of course, each book, especially Joe Dispenza's book, expands on the last one. Mm-hmm. I love the way he, he, even in his workshop and teaches, because he sends the same information but in a different way, and I think part of it it is because he has a large audience and people will perceive information differently, and part of it, I think, is he wants you to remember it, you Mm -hmm. know? Even reading the books. For sure, I can't tell you how many times I've given away The Biology of Belief to friends, um, because I think that one's really powerful to understand, you know what's chemically happening on a and what's happening on the cellular level when it comes to your beliefs when it comes to the emotional work that's such a great question i don't know if there's one book but this the, the work that i basically you know i i work from comes from gay and katherine hendricks, mm-hmm. hendricks Institute,
0: yeah.
1: because julia did yeah. a lot of her training through them and so i learned so much from them yeah and I will tell you, one of my favorite, favorite books, I also, rec- well, there's two that I would recommend. Um, one is The Four Agreements, for sure. It doesn't necessarily have to do with emotions, but it talks about how we're conditioned. He calls it domest- domestication, but how we're conditioned, um, and then gives you tools to, to kind of look at your belief systems, your stories, and, and how you can create a different, a different reality, which is right in line with Dr. Joe's work. Yeah. It's just a little bit different. But my, one of my favorite books, it's uh, written by um, the Conscious Leadership Group, is called The 15 Commitments to Conscious Leadership. And the thing about that book is, yes, it focuses on leadership and, like, you know, professional, but it can be applied to all areas of your life. Mm-hmm. And they kind of curated, I think the base of their foundation comes from the Hendricks Institute, but they've curated from so many different places. Sedona so Method, um, Michael Beckworth, uh, Byron Katie... So they curate a, a lot of that. The one thing I do see oftentimes in a lot of the, this work around kind of changing your reality, changing your beliefs, changing your mindset, is I often do see that they, a lot of people miss the emotional component. Mm. So if they can't get past the emotions, I find it's harder to then reprogram and create a different story because you still have that emotion within your body that's like holding you back. Does that make sense? So I haven't found necessarily a lot of resources, like books yet around this work. I mean, of course, like emotional freedom technique, Reiki, um, massage, that kind of stuff can release stuff from the body for sure. And I'm seeing more and more of that and people getting into it, which is great. Um,
0: And I think um, the emotional aspect also really lines up with um, Joe Dispenza's work in terms of heart coherence because his... A lot of his meditations and his work is so about um, aligning and embodying that positive emotion um, and having that emotion, that um, positive emotional feeling around w- what um, what you're doing and that experience. Yeah.
1: and so. Um, I mean- I would say for sure the one thing I've missed out is that like he wants to keep you in a high vibrational feeling, yes. which yes, that's where that's where we're going. You look at actually another great um, person is David Hawkins, Dr. David Hawkins, and his his work. So um, the one thing I, you know at least and now I haven't been doing his like I haven't gone to any of his workshops in in. I mean, several years, you know, six, seven years. So he he might have shifted that. But one thing I found is that I I never addressed the emotions that were stuck in my body. So if I was feeling sadness or anger, what to do with them, you know? And now I give myself permission to feel them, and then I can... Yeah. You know, raise, raise you that vibration. Raise in, that in conscious leadership, they talk about being below and below, um, above and below the line. So realizing we're human, we're going to go below the line. We're going to be in those lower vibrational frequencies and those lower emotions. Recognizing, okay, I have, I'm sad, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, I'm in fear. Okay, I can shift. What do What do I What is it that I need to do? And oftentimes it's feeling it. Yeah. Finding Shining the clarity around it, and then oh. Shifting and going into that higher vibrational frequency.
0: Yeah, I agree. I also think that that's such an important shift because there is a lot of you know. Obviously, it's better to be looking at the positive side of things more than you know constantly looking at the negative. But I do think that there there has been a lot of suppression in that space because we're trying so hard to be in the positive, whereas if we can only you know look at have the guts and the bravery to look at those things that feel uncomfortable and really feel them and release them then being in the positive emotions comes much more naturally so yeah, i, I yeah. agree with that and definitely.
1: i i don't define them anymore as and negative emotions. joe says this too is that no emotions aren't positive or negative they're just our emotions um and again that's a judgment so i try to say okay you have it's okay to be sad i'm not saying be sad you know for a week but realize you're feeling sad in this moment because you know you just got your heart broken yeah be sad move through it don't hold on to it let it go yeah
0: yeah i think david hawkins book is really really useful for understanding that in a very tangible way and how to how to process that what is the book called it's called letting go i think isn't it
1: let it go yep yeah,
0: yeah so coming back into the present what does your daily routine look like do you have like a morning routine or an evening routine what does that look like for you
1: so it's definitely changed because i used to be kind of the workaholic get up um go right into work mode uh work forever and then come home and and continue to work basically that you smell pattern and squeeze in a yoga or a run or something and try to do something on the weekends now it's so interesting the first thing is I don't set an alarm anymore um, unless like I know I have a really early call because sometimes I have clients that are in Australia and I'm you know and I have a really early call and I need to make sure that I get up but I don't generally set my alarm and I allow my body to wake up when it's ready so whatever amount of sleep that it needed that's what it needed for that night Some t- days it's longer And some days it's shorter um, And then I start my morning I usually do some kind of movement Because I've been so still at night My body's been still And I want to just start to like Whether it's a, 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 a small yoga practice it's Whether it's stretching Whether it's going going for a walk I intuitively just feel into What is it that I need right now Yeah. And so for each day It's a little bit different um, And I usually get a walk in anyways in the morning Because I have a dog I have to get her out, especially before it gets too hot. Um, and then there's, I, I oftentimes will make breakfast because what I'm learning is that before I meditate. So um, what I have found when I eat breakfast in the morning is I, I meditate better afterwards because my body is not going to go, it's going to go into rest and digest, but it's not going to go into sleep. hmm so it's like i can drop into a theta a brainwave state a much easier in my meditations and i get more out of them so i tend to eat and i usually now because i'm i've gone on this really journey of cleaning my energy and and because i'm so connected with my energy so now i'm completely plant-based i'm no alcohol um I mean, the last time I had alcohol was, like, in April. I had a glass of wine, and then it took me two days to connect with my intuition to recover. So I'm like, okay, it really affects me. I'm not going to say that that's the formula for everyone. Everyone has to listen to their own wisdom. But, so, now, even in the morning, what I eat, you know, I eat oatmeal with, like, I mean, nuts and seeds and coconut and apples and bananas and strawberries all mixed in, um... And then I sit for a meditation usually.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's kind of my morning practice before I really start to get going. And then I let my day flow. Like I have certain things, priorities of what I need to get done. Um, so it might be something for work. It might be something for the home or with friends or whatnot. But I don't necessarily have a lot of set structure time outside of just my coaching clients that have you know committed to a certain day or time. Does that make sense? Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so how did the shutdown and um, the COVID shutdown impact you? Did it impact your day and your business very much, or were you already really working from home and um, doing a lot of Zoom coaching already from Brazil?
1: Yeah. So for me, it didn't impact me a lot because my coaching business is basically all online. I have international clients. I have very few clients here in Brazil. So I was fortunate in that way what's also been nice is a lot of people now have a lot more time to work on themselves Mm -hmm. and and so they want to work on themselves so that's also been really nice um what's also been I, i i the whole pandemic has allowed me to go a little bit deeper into my health how where am i sourcing my food from um so just i've learned more about organic foods um you know, immune system, my immune system, good gut health. So it's really helped me in that regards. But it's also brought up a lot of triggers and fears as well, yeah. which has also been challenging, as I'm sure you can imagine, as well as been an opportunity to learn. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. To find out what what else needs to heal within me, um, that needs to be clear to help continue to raise my vibration. And um,
0: what is something during this lockdown period, during 2020, that has really brought you joy, that you're going to take with you as we move out of this and into this new post-lockdown world?
1: That's a great question. I don't know if I've reflected on it. Um, I think the thing that's coming to me is an appreciation for the earth. Because as I said, I'm learning more about organic foods and regenerative soil and actually planting. Um, I've got a little herb garden to start. To start learning about how to grow my own foods. Um, Just realizing just how like disconnected we have been from the earth and having the opportunity to reconnect and living in such a beautiful city as Rio de Janeiro as much as it's you know. Lots of concrete and huge buildings and whatnot. The beautiful thing about this city, there's so much nature. So much nature. And I'm surrounded by it. So having the opportunity to go to the park or go to the to the beach and put my feet in the sand or in the water. Or to the mountains to go hiking. Um, just really appreciating nature and appreciating every breath I take. Like realizing I'm breathing in the biome.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, and that's... a. a positive part for you know that's great for my immunity and for my health as much as we might hear otherwise like wear a mask don't breathe anything in I'm not saying I don't wear a mask but when I'm out in nature I'm not wearing a mask I'm not afraid of nature basically I'm embracing it and becoming aligned with it because really I'm not separate from it we none of us are yeah um and yet so we we've gone on this journey of of separating ourselves um, from the earth which is which is in my belief is what's causing us to have a lot more kind of conflict with the earth so when viruses come and things like that because we're so we over sanitize ourselves basically versus putting our hands back in the soil you know, it's something so interesting here when I first moved here, and I'd go to the park and sit in the grass. People would be like, "What do you?" you sit, no, no, sit on a towel. Sit on a towel. I'm like, "No, I want to sit on the grass." Yeah, but it's dirty. I'm like, "Yeah, I'm okay with that." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like connecting with the with the with the earth, um, and you know, just yeah, re- which is reconnecting with myself.
0: Yeah, yeah, because we are so we're part of creation, and we've really created this divide between us and you know, and nature and the earth, and it's really a reciprocal relationship. And, um, you know, I think the more that we can be in line with that and in tune with the cycles of the seasons and the um, cosmos, I think that that always supports us more. So that's so beautiful. And breathing in the biome, I think that that's a great 2020 slogan um, to yeah. boost your immunity. I wish that um, more governments, like, bought into this this slogan and um supported us in that way as well so tell me about um your coaching what can we expect from your coaching sessions um either one-on-one or some of your group community environments that you've created and um yeah let us let us know what we can expect from that
1: yeah so really um I look at my coaching as not one specific area. So not necessarily finances, health, um, relationships, money, whatever, career purpose. But look at the foundation that is underneath all of those. Mm -hmm. So looking at, um, you know, what's going on. So if you have, say you have a a problem, a a client will come to me and say, I'm having an issue with a friend that... um, I, I don't I don't know what it is, but we keep having conflict. So when they come to me, we dive deeper into first of all, what do we you know what's the feeling that you're experiencing? Yeah. So always starting with the feeling, what's the emotion around what you're feeling? How do you feel about that? And then going into how does it you know locating it in the body, describing it, uh, accepting it, um, breathing through it, and moving it because then hopefully we can find clarity and then digging deeper under the surface because it's showing up for a reason because we've created a narrative or a story we have a belief that that we need to find the root and then rewriting that narrative or story so I'll work on asking a lot of questions to try to pull at where pull through the thread to find out where the root is, and then look at what the need is, because sometimes there's an emotion there that might come up, and it needs to also come out of the body, and then looking at what do we make it mean about ourselves, what's the story, and then reprogramming it, you know, both through, you know, sh- neural pathways as well as tangible action that you can take in your life, you know, and starting to change what's been familiar to you into a new familiar mm-hmm. so you're going to come from your comfort zone into into kind of discomfort but it's going to become a new familiar which I love as Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about you know when you change the belief you change the thought the feeling the the habit the behavior the personality which becomes your new personal reality yeah. and that's what I'm what I you know work with on with my clients is Creating a different personal reality for yourself, so that could be with that friend and how you're showing up. Does that make sense? So we start unpacking really what's going on under the surface. Why is this showing up for your highest good? It's not happening to you. Yeah, it's happening for you, and really recognizing that. And so that's kind of what I do on both one-on-one and my group coaching. Now with my group coaching. I have a paid membership program called Sacred Space, and they come in and they have um, different units. They can walk the path. They can walk it, you know, one unit at a time where they can kind of take what they want coming in. I do always recommend emotional well-being. Yeah. Because it's connected to everything, and yet people want to pass that one by. I don't want to feel, but coming back to emotional well-being... And so in that space, what's great is that it's just it, you know a small group of women. Each community or each pot is no bigger than fifty women in it from around the world, um, and they get support both from me and from the community because mm-hmm. members of that community have been doing the work and are, are, you know can also support others. They feel safe to be themselves. No matter, I have people on, for example, on both political sides, mm-hmm. and they can come in and talk about why they made this decision that they, they did, and they feel like they're being heard and seen and respected and loved and not judged. Does that mean that you're not going to trigger other women in the community? Oh, heck yes, you're going to trigger. But we hold the space to go, okay, you've been triggered. Yes. This is not about me. This is about you. Let us help you work through that trigger for your own discovery. You know, And so it's just such a beautiful place to feel like you can be yourself and come and do this work and come back into alignment. But what I also want to encourage is them to start taking the work outside of the community to kind of make that ripple effect. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, that's so beautiful. And I think um, when you were saying that, I was like, oh, I wish that it was like that in the world, you know, in the real world. So I love that you're encouraging people to take that outside of, of just that pod and to be able to um, create those spaces out in the real world as well because I think that that's really um, the space that we need to get in is to to cancel this ca- kind of cancel culture I think that it's called, it's referred to in that, you know, and allow people to have different opinions and different experiences from us and still um, be able to, to hold that space for them. So I think that that's really powerful and really beautiful so what, <laughs> congratulations on launching that um, so what is one practical practice or tip that you can leave our listeners with that they can implement straight away today
1: I think I'm going to leave the one that I leave a lot and I already mentioned it earlier um, is that when you're feeling an emotion going through these they're very simple steps like they're going to be very challenging because they're going to feel foreign in essence they're actually not foreign because when you came on this earth as a baby you did this naturally yeah but then you were conditioned and so it will feel unfamiliar and kind of coming back for it to be familiar coming back home to what your you know your true processing and when it comes to emotion so when you're feeling an emotion to first name it what am I feeling yeah So I feel angry. I feel fear. I feel rage. I feel upset. I feel whatever, whatever. I disappointed. You know, whatever it is. So name it, and then locate it in the body. Where is it showing up for me? Mm. And again, not judging yourself. It shows up in my head. It shows up in my chest, in my elbow, in my knee. There's no right or wrong. For you, it's your journey. So where is it showing up in my body? How does it feel? Can you describe it in that area of the body? If you could give it words, it could be anything. It, couldn't, it might not just be like, oh, it feels bubbly or it feels tingly or it feels hot. It could also be like, I'm seeing a you know, blue whale. No, like, it it doesn't, doesn't matter how you describe it. Just des- describe it in whatever words come up for you. So, you know, again, name it, locate it in the body, describe it, and then say, it's okay to have this. Mm. Accepting it. It's okay to have this feeling in this moment. And then breathing into it and seeing what it wants to do. So it could, it could, just by you accepting it, might just be, oh, great, that's enough, that's a release. But sometimes accepting it and breathing into it, it might start to form tears, for example. Allow it. Just allow the tears to come. And do your best. You're going you're gonna to want to, because we've all been trained to start thinking about and analyzing it, go, okay, no, I'm not analyzing it. And so giving just feeling the tears. Like, if you have to like feel the tears, like, what does it feel like to have them come down my face? What is my chest doing right now as I'm crying? Or anger, like how does it feel to stomp my feet on the ground? How does it feel to growl? Or whatever it is that you feel called to do, punching a pillow, screaming, release writing. It doesn't matter, there's no right or wrong. Just feel into it and get it to release. And I'm gonna tell you, the more you practice this, within 90 seconds to, to three minutes, it usually moves through the body. Yeah. And then on the other side, you find clarity. So I would definitely start practicing that without, without any expectations of an outcome. Just be in your body and start recognizing your emotions. Even if you just name them, locate them, and describe them. Just doing those three things is a start without doing anything else. Yeah.
0: so simple, and it's, it's such a... Th- I love how you say practice it without expectation. So it's like you're you're going into this practice without trying to make something happen because of it. You know, it's actually just practicing because we're practicing being ourselves again, because we've come so far away from our natural nature you know, and um, being able to very naturally feel and express emotions. And um, interestingly enough, when you talk about this exercise, which I love, and I'm also going to start practicing it on a daily basis on purpose. and um, But I'm thinking, does this also work? in the in reverse so for example if you're having an experience in the body like the the other day I felt a pain in my knee which was really odd it was coming from nowhere does this kind of practice also work when you already feel the sensation in your body can you sort of um, is there a practice that for you sh- can do to figure out what that is as well if there's something emotional sure. behind it
1: for sure and this kind of goes into somatic experiencing or somatic therapy mm-hmm because I'll, I'll do this, like I've been having this pain on the right side, I'll lay down and just feel into it, mm. and track it, so again, get out of my head, what is it, and just feel, what are the sensations, what's going, co- so the other day I was working on my shoulder, I was like, it's a brick, what color brick is it, it's black, you know, wow. can I can I do anything with the brick, you know, can I, and it would start to be almost moldable, a little bit, you like, so sometimes like, I just feel into the pain, but I I'll ask questions to myself to get my head to stop going, you're feeling that way because you work too hard, you, know, you, you pushed yourself with running or you, you know, did X, Y, or Z. Yeah. The, that's the brain analyzing versus, hmm. What, you know, what, is this, what is this pain feeling like? If I could describe it to somebody, is there is it a, a color associated with it? Is there an object associated with it? Is there a word coming up and just allowing it? And then it's so interesting sometimes what happens is my body twitches or I adjust or, you know, or sometimes nothing, I just let it be and just go, okay, I was just there. Because sometimes the body wants to feel safe with you, right? Because you're, in essence, when we start judging it, the body's like, eee, we start stressing it out versus just feeling relaxed. So you kind of, if you feel a pain coming in, just be with it. Just get into locating and describing it. And maybe saying, okay, I accept that I have this pain right now. Yeah. Right? And I'm going to allow it to be. And then, and ask it, do you want to move? Yeah. Or sometimes I say, what do you want to show me? Yeah. I just start asking questions. Yep. Yeah, that's really powerful. It's
0: amazing practice. So, um, this is an incredible conversation that we've had. And um, thank you for all of these amazing um, practices. They're, they're so so useful and so so prof- simple but profound and um so what is next for you what new projects are you working on coming into 2021 what can we expect from you
1: oh really I've come to really focus my work in three areas so I already talked about sacred space which I, I launched back in um November so last month so growing the sacred space community um I'm going to only be doing sacred space one-on-one coaching and then um, because I'm a Reiki master doing my energy healings um, with people that you know open and want support in that regard and how I do my energy healings is we work on mine are a little bit different it's all online first of all but we, we primarily work on what's showing up in your life right now and kind of doing the reverse engineering to, to like where it showed up in your childhood what we made it mean and pulling the energy to, to the front part of the body and then using the Reiki energy to help to start shifting that energy. Wow. Um, and, and sometimes you get clarity, sometimes you get messages, it d- depends on each person and each experience. So focusing on that. One cool thing I'm doing, um, which I'm kind of excited, it doesn't really, I'm not really promoting this because I don't really need to, but the, the book, The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership, I work with a couple of Brazilian uh, professionals here,
0: Yeah.
1: Um, in, in English actually, and so I've been asked to put together a group to um, walk them through that book.
0: Oh, so both
1: doing kind of a book club, doing some coaching around it, and working in English. So I'm kind of really excited to see also professionals here in Brazil wanting to do that stuff. So, I'm, and yeah, just really yeah, kind of excited about
0: it. It's really the bridge of your two worlds as well, you know, from the corporate space that, well, it, the corporate NGO space and um into this wellness and healing space so that's that's awesome i'm sure it'll be amazing and where can our listeners find you if they want to know
1: more about your work the best place to find me is my website um and it's just my first name with the hyphen so com. really simple and from there you can link to me on uh, social media as well so you can follow me on instagram and um Facebook, and in Facebook I actually have a community, I have a large community called In Her Power, Mm -hmm. um, where I've collected about 1,500 women from around the world, so if you're not quite ready to dive into this work yet, but you want to just get to know me and others, that's a great, also space to um, connect with me and see what's going on.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, it was amazing talking to you, Carrie-Anne. Thank you so much for your time. It's been beautiful. I'm sure everyone will have got a lot out of this. And um, yeah,
1: I look forward to seeing you soon. Well, thank you for having me and such great questions. I love talking about this stuff, Claire. Amazing. I appreciate it. Thank you.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode and you got some things to take away from our amazing guests' insight. If you did enjoy this episode, please subscribe and also leave us a review. And for more information on the Hadassah Collective, you can visit our Instagram page at Hadassah Collective. I hope you'll join me again for our next episode at the same time next week. And until then, have a wonderful week.